1: Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you mate?
2: I'm good. You said sort of about three months ago, we need to do a show and blow the cap. So I said, we're going to have to wait till nearer the time. And this is the latest we could leave it before we do free agency. So uh, here we go. And I almost want to apologize to our guest here. is only the second time we've had him on and that's not good enough.
1: So Jack, you wanted to do a, sh- a show about free agent and we get the Browns daily mock draft specialist guru wizard in what a waste <laughs> of a guest well
2: we're going to get him back in a few weeks so uh, we've broken it down so rather than doing his fan speak where he does free agency and the draft all in one go we're doing it in, in half so we're just doing free agency this week we'll bring him back in about three weeks and we'll do draft then.
1: can we get Browns daily free agent on it's the same guy.
0: <laughs> no, jokes aside,
1: we've got Stephen on from Brown's Daily Mock Draft. And if you don't know, Stephen's full-time job as a comedian, and I was trying to do some really
0: bad comedian work then. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. And you called me a guru, so that's pretty damn funny right there. That's funnier than anything I've ever written. So, you're doing well.
1: You're also a wizard, <laughs> a
0: expert. Dance.
1: Come on, Stephen, don't push it, mate.
0: <laughs> no, I love being on with you guys. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, and plus, I mean, I'm here when Jack actually wants to spend up like twice a century. So I'm glad to be here.
2: Well, well, I did want to spend money and then the deals obviously happened. Uh, so uh, now I'm, I'm happy to not spend any money. So I've, I've given up on that. It's done. The Tray Flowers uh, dream has died and uh, hey,
0: it it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, yeah. Have you been drinking all day ever since we were out of the Tray Flowers market?
2: I I haven't actually had a drink today yet. uh, uh, I've managed to keep my head above the sand. So uh, (laughs) I I, I dropped the article uh, earlier today and that sort of kept me sane. Nice. Well, look,
1: guys, this is not a Jack Depression show. Jack, let's start off with the news.
2: Hit me with the breaking news, mate. So here's the news that we've had today. The trade, you've had a uh, Olivia Vernon and a fifth round pick from the Giants to the Browns for Zeitler. And, oh, sorry, Zeitler and a fifth round pick. So we got their fourth and sent them our fifth. So it's about 30 picks different. So in the grand scheme of things, not that much because once you get on to day three, and um, draft boards are so different with teams. It's not like it is on day sort of one and two that, yeah, you, it's about five players difference, even though it's 30 picks. So it's nice. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'd rather pick in the fourth round than the fifth round, but not as big as it might seem. So, uh, no, I'll pass over um, to Stephen to sort of give his take on the draft, on the trade. I think we'll start with um, Olivier Vernon first, and then we'll talk about what we gave up.
0: Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, the big thing is they needed another edge rusher. I mean, we've been talking about this for, you know, how long? Um, Because as much as we all want Emmanuel Ogba to um, develop like we into what we thought he would be when we picked him, we're going into year four and it's starting to look like it may never happen. So I think when you deal from a position of strength, which is our interior. Uh, interior defensive line is, uh, I'm sorry, interior offensive line is to to shore up a position of weakness. That's always a good thing. So even though nobody likes giving up a player, the quality of uh, of uh, Kevin Zeitler, nobody's saying that. I think overall the roster got better um, because Vernon had. First of all, he, has, he was on a tweaked ankle last year, and he still put up some pretty impressive uh, uh, numbers when you look at the sacks and the hurries and the hits and you know all the things that go into an edge rusher. Um, and that was being the guy. He was the number one pass rush option for, uh, for the Giants. So he was facing, and especially in his division, he was facing three of the top left tackles in the entire league uh, twice a year, and he put up really good numbers. Now he's going to be what I like to call the other guy. He's going to be the number – two rusher where miles of course is going to be you know uh facing the top left tackle and the uh the double teams and the running back chips and all that kind of stuff so Vern's going to get a lot of one-on-one over on the other side and i think he could eat i think he could really really eat um especially when you consider we've already got larry in the middle uh they're almost certainly going to add at least one probably two even three more interior uh rush guys it's uh, I, I like the trade from just about every angle as long as Austin Corbett is what they apparently think he is. If he plays, you know, eighty percent, eighty-five, ninety percent of uh, of Zeitler, then it's absolutely a great deal. Now, if he flames out and goes Cam Irving, that's a whole other story. But they don't think he's going to, and I tend to agree.
1: Yeah. The trade theory, I like. Obviously, we've got Corbett, so we're kind of gaining an extra position because Corbett's just a bit like Chubb coming in, getting rid of Hyde. You got, now it's Corbett's time to shine. But I'm a little bit concerned of what we've got in exchange. He's very injury-prone. He played 12 games over the last two seasons. So I am a little bit concerned about this.
2: Yeah, so... <laughs> There's the two angles. I've been saying, yes, we need to go get a really good pass, rusher, And Vernon fits that bill. It had to be three years maximum I wanted on that deal. And that's what I was talking about giving Trey Flowers when Justin Houston's name was out there. I was saying, yep, happy to give up three year, 15 million for that. Um, My beef with this trade is it's not Vernon. So Vernon, if you're going to go look at sack numbers, they're not good. Does not matter. Sacks do not matter as a trend if you're going to look to a good player. Year to year, they fluctuate up and down. Look at pressures. Great on pressures, and that is basically how you should judge an end defender, and I think they're going to go up. Um, if this would have been a trade for sort of a third-round pick, maybe the New England third-round pick, I would be over the moon, really happy. That, that's what I want to give up. My annoyance is that we gave up Zeitler. I think that was the frustration. But in all honesty, I can fully understand where they've come from. I think we lose out slightly, but not that much in the grand scheme of things that it's really anything to get upset about. Um, the one thing is where the dead cap adds on. You're basically playing Vernon, two-year, 19.1 million deal. Um, yes, you save in the long term because that and Zeitler's deal is all going to be off your books within two years and you're up past it. Um, for when you go and spend that money in other places. So, yes, I can see it there. But, hey, w- we're going to see some good stuff off him. The question is, is, is he going to be fit? I'm less concerned with Corbett. And when people go, oh, but they haven't, we haven't seen anything of Corbett yet, we didn't see anything of Patrick Mahomes a year ago. And, yes, it's a leap into the unknown. But with these things, you've almost just got to go, look, let's trust the offensive coordinator, that's now the head coach. Um, trust the front office and go, look, guys, you've probably got this sorted. So in all honesty, I'll hold my hands up. I'm not that concerned with Corbett coming in and doing a job. The only one thing is now you basically need to go and draft that sort of sixth O-lineman. And I I think 100% now we've got to spend at least one pick in the first three rounds on an offensive lineman and maybe a bit more reinforcement there on high day three because you need to have six, ideally seven O-line who are just competent enough to play um because you're going to get injuries
0: yeah absolutely it's um everything you brought up is legit they're all things to be concerned about and investigate but i think like you said overall when you step back and view the entire picture the team got better uh as long you know with the stipulation as long as corbett plays the way they think he's going to play and as far as bringing in another um Uh, interior offensive linemen this is a great draft class for that there are a ton of centers and guards and like you brought up uh, the other day on Twitter Jack there are a ton of uh, guys who play tackle in college that are projected to kick inside um, and Dorsey likes to do that he likes to draft all tackles and then move them all around so you know, if you're looking at 49, maybe if a Dalton Risner is still there, you know, depending on what else happens in free agency, if they're at a spot at 49 where it makes sense, Risner would be nasty uh, uh, if you kicked him inside the guard. Um, you got Chris Lindstrom, you've got Bradbury and Elton Jenkins, and Eric McCoy's a very athletic center from Texas A&M who probably go late day two, maybe even into day three. So there's there's a lot of opportunity to shore up that sixth, seventh uh, offensive lineman at uh, Really no cost, you know, rookie cost. And I should have done this before we jumped on board and I didn't research. I don't even remember who we have on on the practice squad and all that kind of stuff. We may have a few guys there that they're confident in. But as long as Corbett plays, like I said, 80, 85, percent of what Zeitler did, this is a win, I think, in the short term. Um, one of the big reasons, and we won't get deep into it here today because I know you don't want to, but is that lockout. Is apparently very, very, very real. So, this next two year window is even bigger than most two year windows. I think they are really looking to try and win either this year or in 2020 because, from everything I've read and things that people have told me, people who actually know people I don't know people, I know people who know people, and they have told me it's a real possibility and it could be gross this time. So, I adjust. You're thinking accordingly, you know, for the next two years, probably a little more aggressive than you normally would be.
2: Yeah, I think we get a better steer on that is it a weeks' time, or I think it's ten days' time. There's a meeting of about a hundred players. I think it might be in Miami or Tampa or somewhere that um, NFLPA-related. So that will probably give us a really good
0: steer on what's going to happen. I prefer the league meetings later too. Yeah. Yeah, because
2: f- for them all to sit out and go, we're going to take a hundred and ninety well, say 200 million times that by 32 teams, none of us are going to get paid this for a year. It takes a <laughs> massive, that is a massive amount of money you're leaving yep. on the table. So um, I, I think a deal will be made. If we're talking I hope about so. an increase from 47% to 55%, and teams have got to spend 95% of their cash over four years rather than 89 we won't get too deep into that, but um i, I I'm confident a deal will be done, but yes, it is a very very real um risk
0: but uh, and the I- fact that it comes in year three of the brown's five year window is just so Cleveland isn't it just the per- perfect timing for what we put up with
2: <laughs> it's one of those things, but l- let's go on spending some money and see what happens so we will focus more more on some of the bigger names we'll draft uh, uh, drop in some of the other ones but just free agency big names we're going to start with a defensive tackle so who's them guys if, if you if I said three guys in each of these positions who are the ones you're after
0: well I mean the three guys that look to be the top guys on the market on the market right now not trade-wise can uh, Sue and there's been some uh, rumblings lately that he has some mutual interest in Cleveland although he just tweeted that he's going to Minnesota and they have no space up there, so i 'm not sure what 's going on um, but uh, outside of him, if you're looking for somebody younger I've, if you 're going to throw money uh, at a uh, interior defensive lineman in this class, Shelton Richardson would be my guy uh, he's only twenty eight years old, even though it seems like he 's been in the league for two decades, um, still producing at a high level he still has that reputation in the locker room of you know, you stay on them and keep them focused and all that kind of stuff. But pass rushing uh, bring the pass rushing aspect that uh, you want in today's uh, NFL, rather more than a run stuffer, which you would have wanted six or eight years ago. Um, and another guy at the top, probably at the top of the market would be, uh, for me, would be Henry Anderson uh, of the jets. Um, but they have even more cap space than we do. So if they want him, there's, and he wants to stay there, there's really nothing we can do about it. Cause they can offer him, you know, we can offer him a bajillion dollars. They can offer him a bajillion and two. So, you know, Um, There's a lot of other guys, lower level uh, type stuff, uh, you know, and uh, maybe some reclamation projects. But those guys, um, and maybe Michael Pierce, but he doesn't offer the pass rushing that like a Sheldon Richardson does. But uh, there are a lot of options, which is a nice thing to have.
1: Here's a name for you. Rodney Gunter. Any uh, Mm -hmm.
0: any interest there,
1: Jack?
2: I i can't say i know that much about him i know he's aged 27.1 and he was 59th rated interior defender for pff last year but that is about as far as my knowledge of gunter goes um so it's one of them that personally i would be looking for that sort of tier two on the defensive tackle and get me a tier two um three tech um and then we'll draft that sort of on day two that starting three tech that's going to be a monster but um no, it's, it's one. Um, I won't be disappointed if we go and get a Sheldon, uh, a Sheldon, um, a, uh, Sheldon Richardson, um, yeah. because the guy's a monster. So um, yeah, I don't. Mind. Yeah,
0: if you're looking at the, like a guy like a Gunter, there's a lot of those out there. Like I said, you got Timmy Jernigan and and Mike Pinnell from the Jets, and all those kind of guys that are they're not. Somebody you break the bank for, you, and if we sign them, you don't jump up and dance around in your living room. But you're like, if you sign them, you go, okay, yeah, that, you know, guy can play, he can add something, you know, eat some snaps, give some stats, you know, uh, um, but he's not going to break it enough. If a Rodney Gunter is the only one that they sign and they don't draft somebody, that's an issue. But he can certainly contribute if you draft one high and then sign a, you know, sign in Dominican Sue and then draft one high and then, you know, use him as a rotational piece. It wouldn't be, mad at all uh, in that situation
1: uh, Gunter also has connections with Wilkes
0: right yeah
1: um, another name that me and Jack both called uh, Darius uh, Philan.
0: yes yeah he's another one right in that same range you know he's another one that he's got an intriguing skill set um, I don't think he's a guy that you know like I said you don't want him to be the the centerpiece of your free agent class but if you get him again, good, good football player will do some good things for you. And especially put him next to Larry there. You know, he doesn't, you know, in, in a similar fashion, but on a lesser scale, he doesn't have to be the guy like we were talking about on the edge. So yeah, he's a guy who could, if they bring him in, I I think it's a good signing, you know, as long as they don't overpay.
2: So jump onto linebackers. There's three obvious names. Um, I won't. Dance around too many other names. You've got Hicks, you've got Mosley, and you've got Barr. Um, Perryman's obviously been um, re-signed. Um, I don't know the terms of the detail with the Chargers. Um, so, uh, no, they're the three names. If you had to get one, who's, who's got your eye?
0: Well, let me throw a fourth one in just to play devil's advocate here. Corey Littleton uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. If they ha- and, I- and if they have tendered him, I missed it. Uh, they're running out of time to do it. Um, but that kid and especially because his coverage grades are top of the league I think he finished like eighth in the league or something like that I don't have it in front of me right now in pass coverage and that's the way the linebacker position is going you know you like we said uh, before those big two down run stuffers are there's still a place for him but you need guys that can run because you're looking at more four and five wide receiver sets and tight ends that can run and all that kind of stuff. So Corey Littleton, if he comes free, would really be of interest to me. Um, Of the big three though, that you mentioned, I would probably go uh, Jordan Hicks, but uh, like, uh, like Paul brought up with uh, Vernon, he's got an injury history that you're going to need to investigate because he seems to get dinged up. He played uh, 12 games last year and, and that was a lot for him, I think. So, um, but yeah, Hicks would be my choice of those. I don't think Mosley gives you the coverage uh, that you want if, and I can't believe it's gone this long, but if KJ Wright somehow escapes Seattle and hits the market, that would be another guy too, that I would be very interested in on a, uh, you know, two or three year deal. He just hit 30 years old, but he's still producing, uh, you know, uh, in that Seattle defense. So, Barr, I'm not sure. Um, I I watch him and I think he would be an interesting addition, but then you read the people in Minnesota and they're like happy to see him go. So I don't know if it was a usage thing or a scheme thing or or what was going on, but um, what they say doesn't jibe with what I see. I would be in on him. Um, But like I said, that's something to be invested. Anytime the hometown team doesn't give a crap if you leave, that that's something to me that you're like, uh, okay, I'm gonna need to look into this a little more.
2: Yeah. It is definitely a concern when you hear stuff out. Like Littleton, I would love, um, Rams haven't announced any of their tenders yet. It seems, but, no. uh, they have got until, uh, the 13th, I believe, or is it the 11th? Um, I'm not sure. So, um, there, there's still a little bit longer for that to come out. So, um, no, right. N- Next position is jump into. <clears throat> You want to add something on linebackers, Paul?
1: Yeah, I'm going to add some on linebackers. Go I would it. go with <laughs> uh, against the run, uh, CJ Mosley um, rated... P- oh, sorry, PFF mentioned that he only missed seven tackles last year. Mm-hmm. Against Schobert missed 24. Collins missed 20. We are so bad at missing tackles last year. I think someone like this could come
0: in and do well for us. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Mosley. Uh, I'm, I mean, I, I, and I hope it didn't come across that way. But his uh, pass coverage is the uh, the big question mark uh, that everyone talks about. It's it's below average uh, from what I have seen and what I have read, uh, except for that fourth quarter against Baker. But we're not going to talk about that. But and so if you if you, if they got him, I again I would be thrilled with it. That I would be happy. But of the three that, uh, that Jack threw out there, if I had to pick just one, I would, I would go with Jordan Hicks, just as I think when healthy, he offers a more complete skill set.
1: And he's only 26 as well, Jack. You like a young uh, free
0: agent?
2: Yeah, if they're 28.0 or older, they're, they're just cut. Just like, <laughs> I'm not even willing to consider them. I still believe it's about the wider window. But uh, I did make the one exception of the uh, defensive ends this year. But considering we've traded for one, I don't even need to consider it there. So, uh, yeah, I'm back to being ruthless. I am a shameless ageist, and I don't care.
0: You should come to Hollywood. You'd fit right in out here, you know. <laughs> Anybody over 23 is too old. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, what about D Ford? He's got the relationship with um, Dorsey. Yeah. D Ford, I, w- I think before uh, Vernon. Would have been a real possibility at this point. I think unless it's a a depth piece, we're out on on the edge market. Um, Yeah, I mean, and and D Ford, for me, if you somehow knew you were going to get this year's health and this year's production, then yeah, I would have thrown a, a bunch of cash at him. But he's got an injury history going all the way back to college and he's got inconsistent production if you look at his stats. So I was a little leery of that to begin with. Uh, and his injury is a back, among other things. And for somebody who bends for a living, a back injury is not a good thing to have. So I, I think we're out. I mean, maybe you could, you might go to like a, like a Coney Ely, or somebody like that. Cause Dorsey likes his reclamation projects of former high picks that haven't worked out, but are really athletic. He likes to do that kind of stuff, but that's somebody, you know, you're going to get them cheap. Uh, I don't think any of the, top tier or even the second tier edge rushers at this point are would be on our radar. I, I could be wrong, but I, I can't imagine them putting any more money into that position.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked if there's much movement there. Um, so we'll jump onto the next one. Cornerback room um, name that I've been banging on about. I know he's got an injury past. It's Ronald Darby. got Bryce Callahan, got a potential name in Nelson. Um, mm-hmm. who obviously the Chiefs, which might link up nicely there. Uh, Desir, I just can't see the Colts allowing him to leave. Um, so I'd say they're some of the bigger names. Um, what do you make of any of them?
0: Yeah, Stephen Nelson is. And, you know, I, uh, we talked about this online and I talked about it with our friend Jeff Lloyd on, on his pod maybe two months ago, right at the, as soon as the season ended. And we were like, boy, Stephen Nelson would be great, but there's just no way they're going to let him get away. So I didn't really think about it at all. And now here we are, what, 48 hours or however long it is until the tampering period, and he's still – I've heard nothing. So um, if he comes available, he's my number one target because that solves a ton of issues Uh, because you know he can play out there on the outside, and there's a bunch of slack guys. Um, If Nelson stays in Kansas City or – Go someplace else, or they don't like him for whatever reason. Uh, like you said, you got Bryce Callahan, who's apparently going to be available, Justin Coleman uh, in uh, Seattle, Bashad Breland uh, in Green Bay, who was only healthy for four games, but he played eight. And so his grades and everything over eight games are pretty poor. But if you look at the four, he was healthy, he played really well, and they really want him back up there. Uh, your guy, Darby, I, if the medicals check out, uh, you know, if they're comfortable with his knee. I'd be in, you know, guy plays well, he's fast and fierce. And, you know, uh, I I'd be totally in on him, but with him, I think it's all about the medicals because especially, you know, those positions out there on the end where you're cutting and stopping and moving and everything, a knee injury is something serious to, uh, uh, to investigate.
2: No. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of them that, uh... I'm always up for investing in cornerbacks. You can never have enough of them. Um, pass rushers, Absolutely. cornerbacks, um, you, you're going to use them. Um, and the other position, um, very similar to that, is safety. Um, I'm quite bold and open-minded to how we change it. Less linebackers, more safeties and more cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't bother me if in the next five years, we have zero linebackers on the roster because <laughs> just cornerbacks and safeties, because it, with this changing of size and stuff, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it went that way. Um, and in future, all linebackers just come out as safeties. But if, if we are just going to look at some safety names, obviously there's been some releases on top of this, but you've got Amos, you've got Clinton Dix, you've got um, the Honey Badger, you've got Trey Boston, you've got Collins, you've got Gathers, you've got Phillips, and then there's about a million and one others been released. Literally 50% of the safeties in the NFL are free agents or being released this year. So uh, a- anyone out of all of them you fancy?
0: Yeah, um, and I, I don't want to forget to say this. I think you're right. I think the evolution of the offense the last five years that has brought in, you know, the quote-unquote college concepts or spread or whatever it is that you want with more four and five wides. This is the defensive answer because it's always a ping pong. You know, it's a tennis match with the offense adjusting and the defense adjusting. I think you're right. We're seeing a lot more of these smaller linebackers getting play. We're seeing a lot more of the safeties in college being moved to linebacker. And I think you're absolutely right. That's the way that it's trending. So in that uh, vein, and I don't know how realistic it is, but you give me Honey Badger, I'm a happy, happy man. Because you think about uh, Demarius Randall, Honey Badger, and Julius Julius Peppers, uh, (laughs) Jabril Peppers in your safety room. Those are three guys who can do a lot of different things. And not only do their skill sets give you a lot, but they can disguise your coverages because they can, they can drop and play free. They can come up into the slot. They can go out on the outside. The defensive, I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator on the other side can't look at your personnel and automatically know what you're going to be doing because they offer so much flexibility. So, yeah, I think uh, you give me Badger and Steven Nelson. I'll be naked for a week, but I don't know that it's going to happen. Um, But let's be honest, um, I kind of like Derek Kindred, the way he's trending. So if they run it back with the safety room intact, I have no problem with that. But pretty much any of those other names you mentioned, too, as long as the price is right, they're all good football players. They're just – you know, for one reason or another, the fit in their current home isn't there. So if they come to Cleveland, I don't think there's one guy that you mentioned that I would be like, Ew, you know, I, I, unless they overpay or something. But yeah, it's a place that you wouldn't think. But yeah, they could add a safety. Yeah, the
2: irony is it was, um, kindred obviously benefits from the proven performance um, escalator, which took his, Um, earnings this year from uh, roughly 600,000 to just over 2 million Um, because as a pick that went between the seventh and third round, if you play over 35% of snaps in two of your first three years, they bump your wages up and that for me is the moment where I went, yeah, he's probably getting cut now, on 660,000 roughly, it was like, he's a lot to make the roster, Um, unless they sort of grab someone that they really like on day three, yeah, he's still going to be there and then it was like, oh, he's now 2 million. Yeah, you're probably gone. Um, and it's just, it's one of them crazy things that is there to get these players more money. But uh, whereas in Schobert's case, it's been great for him, it might actually spell the end of Kindred. Paul?
1: What about Earl Thomas or Honey Badger for me?
2: Earl Thomas will be too expensive and there's some injury stuff there. Mate,
1: mate you said to me, money doesn't really matter in this programme.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. But if you put him next to Honey Badger... You take Honey Badger for me. Um, you take uh-huh. some other ones. You and Earl Thomas is more that free safety than in the box for me. If you're gonna, and I would always move to a three safety um, option. You want that one free safety and probably two strong safeties to give you the the flexibility to have three deep. You can rush two, keep one deep. You you can do so many different things. If you have two that are predominantly deep, it limits you a lot with the crazy scheme coverage. I would love to see happen. Brendan Leicester spoke about it. There's a few of us there that would love to. And I would always have – my base has three safeties in it all the time. And then there's a cornerback on the field to match every wide receiver the other team's throwing at you. So if they want to throw three wide, if they want to throw five wide, I'm matching them with five cornerbacks.
0: Yeah, I would in a binary choice, I would take the Badger too. But that's not a shot at Earl Thomas. I mean, Earl Thomas is a hell of a football player. And as long as he's healthy, I think he still has – at least two or three more years of top production in him. So either one would be great. But yeah, if you're going to force me to pick, I would go with the Badger too.
2: Oh yeah. And if you gave me a choice between old Thomas and Randall, I love Randall for his off the field and what he's done for the team. Old Thomas is better than um, Randall, but um, that's perfectly fine. I'm more than happy to keep Randall and I wouldn't change him. And I think the advantage with Randall gives you that little bit of cheeky flexibility um, because if a cornerback goes down and you've got a backup a free safety, you can just slide him in there and he'll it'll do a job. Right. Um, I We're not going to have enough time to go through the um, offensive side of the ball. We were going to chat a little bit about wide receivers and quarterbacks, but we're not going to go there. We're just going to jump over and chat about um, the tenders that have dropped. So Higgins got a um, original round tender, which means basically there's um, – any team in the NFL can bid for him. If he then accepts that contract, the Browns have a choice of two things. The Browns can either match that deal and they keep him here, or they can go, actually, sign that deal. We're not going to match it. And then they get a free fifth round pick. If that team doesn't have a fifth, it becomes a fourth. Um, but that's most teams have got a fifth. So that's the option on the table. There's questions of should they have given him a second? Me, I'll personally start where I'm. I love this move because... Both sides tried to come to a um, long-term deal. It didn't work out this off-season. Hopefully, it forces him almost to go, look, here's the market for you and what teams are willing to offer. If you want to get paid this year, that's the price, and we're happy to match it. He might just go, no, I'm going to take this one year. I'm going to prove to you I'm a 10 million-plus wide receiver because he could have a cracking year. Baker's going to elevate talent around him. And then we've got a choice in a year's time, whether we pay him 10 million or he. um walks and hits free agency so uh for me i like the fifth round tender and hopefully we can force that deal this year
0: yeah i would tend to agree it's um i mean we all thought he was going to get a higher tender just because baker loved him uh, and that was apparent and he looked for him in critical situations and trusted him and you could see that just from watching um but i i think unless it's a crazy offer they're they're just going to match whatever because they want him back uh for at least a year so i don't mind the move you know now if somebody wants to go out and give him 15 million a year we'll take the fifth round pick it doesn't you know but um i am with you i think i mean we're all arguing over what tender a guy should get that's it that's a rich team's problem to have. You know, it's nice to be in this position. Um, And I think that ultimately it's really not going to matter. I think it's a, probably a case of what you said. They, they couldn't come together and and they both said, all right, well, whatever the market says, that's what we'll pay you. I, 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 I would probably about 80, 85%, maybe 90% that he's going to be back. I think it's going to take a wacky offer uh, for him unless, you know, the Odell thing is real and they're going to, you know, bring you're reel in some huge fish or something like that. But I don't, who knows about that?
2: Yeah. I can't see that moving. Paul, anything on uh Higgins? Yeah. Just
1: there's about two million there saying, what do you predict Jack on the, uh, what it was going to cost us? Uh,
2: the deal is 2.025 million. Um, and then Whitehead and Coley with the other two players that got exclusive rights um, tenders. So they're 645,000 each. So bargain players. In all honesty, I don't expect either of them to to make it through camp to the 53. I think they're just there um, and give them options in free agency and give them options in um, the draft. So uh, Agreed no thank you so much for coming on plug your work if people aren't following you um let everyone know oh you can just
0: follow me at brown's mock draft it's really easy well, thanks for having me on guys i love talking to you guys
2: it's an absolute pleasure um someone that i just love interacting with every single day on twitter the irony is um by the time it's sort of the sun sets and it's getting dark here you're just doing the gif saying you're waking up purely because the eight <laughs> hours difference but it always makes me laugh
0: Awesome. Love you guys. Go
2: Browns.
1: Cheers, Stephen. Nice speaking to you.